Alrighty, we are back for episode 79 Racing News Podcast. Kyle is here. Another fortnight, Kyle. We're sticking to our promise once a fortnight, even though this is, well, it's Monday night. Sometimes we do it Sunday night, but... It's close um, enough. It's close enough. It's close enough. It's close enough is good enough. So it's a big episode, obviously, across the ditch. One of the biggest races of the year, certainly in the Southern Hemisphere, happened with Tarawera. We'll go through that. Uh, we'll talk about SEQ from Bunyaville, Dust Till Dawn, the first ever Gold Coast Suns fun run. A uh, bit of news from the Goat Loop. We'll draw our Summer Goats prize as well. Uh, I've got a few shoes that I want to run past Kyle for 2023 because I know he's branching out into different shoes. Lost his sponsorship with Nike by the looks of it and has taken anything he can get. <laughs> um, plus a new sale. gripe. So, yeah. <laughs> plus a new gripe, but it's not Kyle's gripe this week, so we'll get to that soon. But before we go into anything, have you had any feedback, Kyle, from your gripe from two oh, weeks ago? The, I'm, the Strava I'm mentioning. I'm regretting it because, yes, yeah. way too many. Give us a recap messages. for those who missed the last episode. What did, you, what did you gripe about? So my gripe was about everyone basically talking about how hot and humid it is in their Strava yep. titles. And I think that's definitely ramped up in the last fortnight after that. <laughs> I've been getting lots of tags most mornings, people giving me weather updates. Yep. Um, but, yeah. And it has been humid, so I can't complain. I just haven't put it in my Strava title, but mm. too many messages. I shouldn't have said it. That was that was my bad, but I stand by it. It's it's true. Well, as we said, we've got another gripe this week. It does come from, uh, not from Kyle or I, but from someone close to the podcast. So we'll go through that soon. But let's, let's start with training, Kyle, for the last fortnight. It has been hot. It's been humid. It's been warm. But uh, I guess we all train for the winter, don't we? So we can't really complain too much. How's the last fortnight gone Give us a rundown of sessions and uh, and long runs. Yeah, it's been good. I feel like much the same as the last fortnight, which is what I said last podcast. I wanted another couple of good weeks. Um, but yeah, we've kind of ticked off two sessions and two long runs both weeks. I think last, well, now it's Monday, two weeks ago, we did a, a fight leg session on the Tuesday, which was three minutes and one minutes and five reps of that. So that was just kind of, I don't think I felt, Oh, amazing on that run. I, think I just tick. It's, I feel like I'm at that stage of the year where I'm just ticking sessions off and not trying to absolutely smash myself. I said that last time, and that was another session just to tick off. Tick off. Got another good 90 minute Wednesday long run. That's been a yep. bit of a good thing that I'm, I've started now. Is you know getting that midweek longer run up a little bit higher in volume compared with what I was probably doing last year, and it, it helps having Marty who's training for the Boston Marathon. So he's kind of getting into the thick of marathon training at the moment. So he's always going to be out there doing a midweek long run. So it's been good to, to run with him the last couple of weeks. And we did some hills that day. That was another good warm one. And then the Friday was um, we did two by fifteen minutes. So fairly similar to the normal kind of 30-minute threshold we did, but we just had a three-minute kind of jog in the middle just to break it up a little bit. And it was kind of nice breaking it up in just two reps instead of just going continuous the whole way because I felt like you kind of mentally it was easier just to push that little bit harder. And I always find for me with threshold, I struggle to get my effort right early on, like to actually get my heart rate up to threshold. I find that the last kind of 10 or 15 minutes, I can kind of get my heart rate there and sit at threshold. But... It take me, takes me a little bit to build into it. So I was, and I started this session not feeling great. Like I remember the warm up. I just had one of those warm ups where I went, oh, I feel terrible this morning. I like just a bit tired. Legs are a bit heavy. Didn't feel like I had much pop in my legs. 
but I've had it multiple times in the past where I felt like that in the warm up and then had really good sessions. Every time I feel like that in the warm up, I always just secretly think, oh, I'm going to have a really good session today. And 50% of the time it happens and the other 50, it's yep. definitely just terrible. And it's exactly what I think it should feel like. But this was one of the good ones because I remember I started off and I didn't really look at my watch too much the first maybe five, six, seven minutes. But there was a couple of comments from Jack just sitting off the back of my shoulder about how fast we were going um, yeah. early on in that session. So I figured we must have been rolling pretty well, but I felt really good. And I think we averaged maybe 3.30 for the first rep, which is nothing set in the world on fire, but it's good solid run compared to what we have been the last month, just kind of building back in. And then the way back, we got rolling a little bit and uh, Dave Vernon was kind of pushing off the front a little bit. I said, oh, I feel good. So I'm going to kind of go with him a little bit. And then the group probably broke up in the, around that kind of seven, eight, nine, ten minute mark, um, but yeah, I think Dave and I end up averaging about three twenty three, three twenty four for that second fifteen minutes, and Rob was just mm. right behind us there. Um, and Jack had dropped off a little bit, and I think Jack just said, you know, wasn't my day. And I thought, you know, and as he said, he just said, you know, sometimes we just don't have good sessions, sometimes we do. And I thought, oh, hey, it's this. We're dropping Jack. We must be. We must be moving well. And then it got to. Then it got to the next Tuesday, and that karma came back to bite me because I got dropped massively <laughs> by the same group of guys. So that yeah. came back to bite me. We did eight three-minute reps, and I remember I got to about the fourth or the fifth one, and just went, "Oh boy, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not going to be able to push with these boys. I need to just let them go." So I think about the halfway through the sixth rep, I just let them go. I, don't, I didn't actually slow down. I went back and looked at my reps, and I felt like I was slowing significantly because they were they mm. were moving well, but. I think my sixth, seventh, and eighth reps were all exactly the same, but I got dropped by more and more on every single rep. So I think I ended up the last couple of reps, I was about 3.13 for the three minutes, which I've run that session way faster, but you know, I was still happy for eight reps just to, to hold that on for nearly a K. Yeah. And I was about 100 plus meters behind Rob and, Rob and Dave on that last rep. They were absolutely flying. So well, I was going to ask, I think, those good sessions. I think when I looked at one of their splits, I, th I thought I saw 2.59 pace. Yeah, I think their minutes. last rep, they were under three minutes for that, that last kilometer. So they were absolutely flying. So, well, like I said, I felt like I was going backwards compared to them the last couple of reps. But then I looked at my splits afterwards and I think I was almost dead even yeah. the whole session. So I will take that considering that I wasn't feeling amazing on that day. Now, it was good. It's, it's, funny, it's funny you mentioned that because I only did six by three minutes that day. So when you, I was finishing my session, I came back and saw you guys starting your sixth one as you headed away. And I saw you dropping off the back and I thought, oh, that's some, not something you see every every day there. Not something you see every session, Kyle drifting off the back. So I was interested to see what happened. And then, yeah, you look at the splits and they were going very fast because we mentioned um, before the session, eight by three minutes sounds a hell of a lot easier than eight by one kilometers, which you, you're not quite getting a kilometer for most of your splits, but you're close enough. So if someone said eight one k is that's a different mental game than eight three minutes, isn't it? That's vastly yeah, it, like we started off, and I went, oh, eight three minutes, this will be great. I'm looking forward to this one. But exactly like I said to the guys, we'd be acting completely different if it was eight by a k, but we would have run it exactly the same. So yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it, just that little bit shorter, knowing that we didn't have to go all the way to a to a k. Mm. So that was I quite enjoyed that session, even though I didn't feel kind of great. It was nice just to tick off a session, kind of a little bit of a grind towards the end, but but not slow down, which was good. Um, and then. Wednesday again felt a little bit, I was just a little bit tired, didn't have the best sleep that night. And then we still did 90 minutes, just kept it flat, um, Marty and I on mm -hmm. Wednesday. And then I had Thursday off just because I wanted a chance just to sleep in a little bit. Um, and I woke up to a, a missed call from Jack Gill on Thursday morning. Like I had oh. a nice sleep in, so this one I mean, just after six. And I thought, as soon as I saw it, I went, oh, either he's going to smash some crown. He's broken a record or he's hurt himself. Like what's going on? So I opened my Strava up before I, I called him back 
and there was like a four and a half k run from Jack in the ring, and I thought, oh, okay, I, I don't oh, think no. that was a that was a crown. It's still in his Strava. I think he left it up there. So he unfortunately <laughs> had a little. He was telling Rob because you know how we were talking about how you know they're grooming the the goat loop and you know, they're going through and grading everything, and it's beautiful at the moment. I think they were running on the one probably two hundred meter section of that fire trail that has not been groomed. Yeah, um, when Jack hurt his ankle, but hopefully he'll be back running very soon. But I thought that was quite funny that we've been banging on about how groomed the loop is and, and Jack was going, I thought they said this loop was really groomed and then that happened. So very unfortunate, but he'll be back running soon, unfortunately. For here's, Jack. But, here's hoping. And what about the long runs? Yeah, long runs we did uh, two hours, two weeks ago was two hours, so around 26Ks. And then I upped it to two hours 15 on the weekend. And I think it was a little bit cooler on the weekend because that was probably the best I've felt on a long run since before GC50 by quite a way. Mm. Um, yeah, it just it was that little bit cooler. It still got warm, but it, was, it wasn't too bad. And Marty was going two hours 30, so he'd done 15 minutes before we started. Um, and yeah, it ticked off just under 30Ks and felt really good. Like kind of just kept it. Most of our long runs when the whole group's there tend to progress a little bit towards the end, whereas that one we kind of just yep. held a similar pace we didn't really push it too much so you were there for most of that and even after yep. you guys finished um back at the surf club marty and i just kind of held the same pace we didn't pick it up or anything and it was nice just to tick off a good long run and yeah i felt mm. really good so i've kind of been around that 100k mark the last the last couple of weeks again and ticking some sessions off and yeah i can't complain i was you know i had a couple of days where i just didn't feel great this week but just still just ticked off the sessions and yep. midweek long run and ticked off a two hour 15 long run so Regardless of how I'm feeling, if I keep ticking that off, I'm I'm happy. Definitely. Now on um, on Dave Vernon, because obviously he's he's been in a few races over the years, but you know I, I watched him in the last couple of sessions, and he seems to be running really well and really strong, particularly those eight those three minute ones that you guys did. Um, was he in that session, or was it the week before? Yeah. Well, he's been both, off both there, even yeah. the Friday, the two by fifteen minutes, he was pretty much off the front as well. Yeah. So he's he's running. So well. it's. You know, I I I wonder whether we've we've really had an insight into how well he can possibly race. We know he's done a few races at SEQ and things like that, but I don't think we've seen his potential. He's obviously been struggling a little bit with injury over the last twelve months, so it's exciting to see him run that fast and doing those sessions back to back now. And if you follow his Strava and um, you know and on Instagram, he really is getting quite a lot of joy out of putting those sessions back to back and week after week at the moment. I know he's doing. Yep. You know, a bit of triathlon as well, but it's exciting to see what he's going to be able to do in the future, particularly you know on, on maybe shorter trails on the the SEQ series or something a bit longer as well, because obviously his background is remarkable. It's a remarkable talent, and I just I don't think we've seen it to its full potential yet in races, and it looks exciting that maybe he's getting some consistency back. What's it What's it like to train alongside yeah, someone who's got about, such experience? Like our, our group's kind of building quite nicely, like. We've obviously, Luke's was normally up there with us as well. He's just coming back from injury and getting me back into a bit of jogging. But we've kind of had myself, Rob, Dave and Jack been training pretty consistently together the last month. And it's just, mm. it's we're all probably similar. Like on all of our days, we could each kind of smash the others in, the, in a session. But on the off day, we'll all have our off days as well. So we're all at that kind of similar level at the moment that we all can push each other in these sessions. And it's just that yeah. perfect mix of, you know, no one's way ahead of anyone else. No one's off the back everyone kind of takes their turns in reps and kind of works together. So it's been really, really good just having a good little group of guys. And like you said, I'm, I'm excited to see a few of them. I'm, I'm excited to see Rob race more as well. I think that's yeah. another name that people probably don't know because one, he's not on Strava and two, he hasn't raced that much. But 
I think if he gets into a few races this year, he'll be one that will surprise a few people. So we've got a good group going at the moment. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to the racing for the year. What do you think Rob would be like over a shorter trail race? Like he's obviously done very well, particularly at Scenic Rim in the past. What what do you imagine he'd be like at something like an up the buff kind of distance? I think he'd be fast. Like that was the other thing we we didn't even really mention a couple of episodes ago when the goat loop was happening in January. But Rob went out and ran. He, well, he doesn't even have Strava, so I don't think he even really knows. But I would say it was probably a mid to high twenty seven minute goat loop in January, mm. only a few weeks ago, um, and. Just judging off, you know, the way he was talking about it, I think he could probably go quicker as well. So that probably yeah. gives people a bit of an indication of, you know, how fast he actually is, considering they would have no idea because no one's seen anything he's done. But he'd, he'd be someone mm. who could probably go out and run the goat loop and break 27 minutes. So that's yeah. there's not too many people around that can do that. So it's exciting. Oh, well, he's got to, he's got to get on Strava. Otherwise, we don't know. That's just part of the... <laughs> one day, of the one day I'll, I'll get him there eventually. Part of the job. And the other thing I was going to talk about was... Um, was I chatted to Marty about this the other day, actually, when we were joking about Boston because he's training for Boston in April. And you think, yeah, April, beautiful time to do a marathon, absolutely awesome. But what most people forget, and I did this years ago when I did Paris in April, you go back four months from that, you know, sort of 16 weeks to where your training is beginning or ramping up, and it's it's in the worst part of the year, isn't it? Yep. So you have to train through, like people who've just trained for Tarawera, I guess, beautiful conditions over there, but you've got to train through the, the oppression of the, the summer here. So, yeah, kudos to anyone who's marathon training at the moment it's it must be tough it will get cooler though that's that's what we we need to remember and it'll feel amazing all this free fitness that you don't realize you've got and then it gets to april may june and all of a sudden everyone's absolutely flying so if you stick with it for for the next couple of weeks months you'll be Mm. you'll be thanking yourself come winter yeah and that midweek long run you said you've been enjoying that sort of 17 18 19 k sort of loop just in terms of is it just add more volume? Is it, you know, rather than stopping at 11k, you enjoyed made it. As everyone knows, it's, it's been quite humid <laughs> lately. So those early runs have been absolutely horrible. But no, it's yeah. been good. I, I need to, it's one thing, like I said, at our last episode of last year that I just didn't really do last year was some good quality kind of midweek longer runs. Like I was, I would get a few just long runs in just on a Sunday. But I think if I want to run a fast marathon time, I've just probably got to get that little bit more strength in my legs. So just a few of these longer kind of rolling hilly runs and almost just treat that as not a second long run. I'm never going to make it super, super long, but just to build a bit of volume into the week as well. I've got, you know, more limited time on the times I actually can run. So just trying to optimize the the time I've got to, to get the most out of the week without, you know, overdoing anything. Yeah. So because most of your long runs at the moment are sort of the high 20s and your sessions that you're kind of doing are like 14, 15K. So, yeah, I guess getting a midweek longish, sort of 18, 19, 20 kilometers would be beneficial. Is that something that you see a lot of professional runners do? They do that long run and then they've got their sessions, but they've also got kind of a medium level so many of them double like oh, the, this is for road runners anyway mm. i think trail ultra guys are very different but the re- elite road runners they'll they will tend to run you know most of their sessions when they do warm up and cool down they'll be 24 25 k's on a on a set yep. any of their given sessions especially if they're marathon training and then they'll double and do 30 minutes in the afternoon so you know if i was doing four or five 30 minute doubles 
you know, you put an extra kind of 30, 40 Ks onto your week right there and all of a sudden it turns into a big week. So I don't think they're necessarily doing massive single volume runs anymore, yeah. you know, what people normally do, but they just get a lot of consistent doubles in and just they're running you know, generally twice a day and that yeah. that's where they get their volume from. So not many of them would go longer than, you know, up to 90 minutes to two hours maximum midweek and that's the longest they would go. Um, mm. They just they just double a lot. That's where they get their volume. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's um, let's move on from training then. So we'll bounce around a bit, but I guess the, the big big place to go to is across the ditch. The um, yeah. the first race on the UTMB racing calendar for 2023 was the Tarawera Ultra Marathon. Kyle, you've been there in the past. It must have been some good memories. Um, uh, was there any um, FOMO? Was the or are you happy with your Tarawera and that's in the past now? And or would, did you get that feeling where you think oh, I'd, I'd love to go back just once more? Oh, definitely. Like oh, I contemplated actually going back this year until oh, yeah. I got closer to GC50 and thought, no, I need a break after this. I, the thought of training through summer after GC50 wasn't yeah. that appealing. But yeah, I absolutely definitely want to go back. And I always get excited to watch it every year. Just kind of, you know, the course, you know, how the mm-hmm. event runs, how it feels. So you're always intrigued to see, you know, how everyone does. And I think just with the combination of a lot of locals going over there that you've got vested interest in, you know, seeing how they do, but yeah. also seeing some of the best in the world come down to, to our part of the world and race. That's I think that's what makes it so exciting. And there's just something about kind of faster trail races that just, it's exciting to see how fast some of these guys and girls can go. And obviously we'll go through the results, but, you know, the elite end of the field, they definitely delivered on that because it sounded like it was a fairly kind of tough day in that there was a lot of rain around early on. So mm. some of the course was a little bit washed out and obviously the land slip happened um, at the section that was probably, I think, around you know, just towards halfway in the original 100K course. So they had to modify the 100 and 100 miler course quite significantly. Yeah. So I think that would have thrown a lot of people with a big course change just a few days out from the event. But at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, UTA, Cozzy, pretty much every big ultra down here has had it for the last 12 months. So I don't think many have actually gone ahead with planned courses for a couple of years when it comes to these big yeah. races. So we're kind of getting used so, to it, but still would throw you. Yeah. So this course is a bit of a, an issue, doesn't it, for things like course records, which happened this year. Like, what's what's your take on on course records for ultra races when the, the courses are significantly different? So this year, you know, and in previous years, we look at Jim Wormsley's time, someone said on one of the chat groups that that's not the same course as been run in the past or since. What's your take on course records? Should this be a blanket course record for Tarawera or should it be course records for the different options that they've had oh this is why i still and this is why i like races that have just never changed and they're always just exactly the same because i like the numbers and the idea of a course record but yeah for something like this you can't compare them so jim wamsley ran his 724 on the last year that they ran pretty much one of the original course or close to the original course and then after that it swapped directions so a completely point-to-point race completely swapped so Really hard to compare those ones, and then no one's really gone quite as fast as that since they've swapped directions. It's slightly net uphill versus slightly net downhill. Um, but then this course again, it was a little bit less hilly. Well, total elevation was less than the original 102k course that was supposed to get run. And the toughest part of that 102k course is the big climb that comes after the Okatina yep. Aid Station at about 57k and. The 102k started with that climb this year so they got to do that climb fresh straight off the start line Mm. so they would have just flown up that and then there's a lot of runnable stuff so i think this year's course was probably a little bit quicker but then from what people said it got reasonably warm 
well, as far as New Zealand goes anyway, reasonably warm. I don't think it's been quite comparing <laughs> to what's been happening over here, but you know, yeah. for, from what they were expecting, it was it was a reasonably warm day. Um, mm. So you, you got to take that into account, but I don't think you can take that away from the, the time that the guys and girls have run on these courses. Like the 50 was pretty much the same course, so we can compare that, but yeah, you know, the 100 and 100 miler, you, you can't compare, unfortunately. It'd be nice if you could, but it's a completely different course, so you definitely can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had a big contingency from the Gold Coast that go over and some some wonderful results from people in the the twenty odd k race right through to the miler and and the hundred k and the fifty k. So it certainly was well supported by Gold Coast athletes, and you know, by the looks of it, many many people had a really good day out there, which is which is great to see. Um, so because it is it is one of the the big events, isn't it, on the calendar, and it's one that people put on their bucket list quite regularly and. Certainly one I'd love to get to at some stage. It's very difficult being a, um, a school teacher because it's pretty much week three and to, uh, to ask for a bit of time off to go and do an ultra in New Zealand. Not many people understand that. Certainly not many people in education. Uh, so tough to do, but, you know, we live in hope. So do you want to go through some results, Kyle? Because we had some, some big names uh, from overseas, but also some big names from Australia that have, you know, been big in the past and come back and claimed a, bit, a few victories over there. So, yeah, do you want to take us through the different the different races. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with uh, probably the biggest result of the day, and that was in the mm. male 50 to 59 age group in the 21K, which was which was yep. taken out by Travis <laughs> Island's local runner. Ripper. Which he kindly yep. reminded me of pretty much straight away the next morning that he'd, he'd won his age group. So so well done, Trav. And I said, it's all right, 50 plus, that's a legit age group. We'll, we'll give you that. You're in the proper yes. age groups now. So well done, Trav, <laughs> for, for taking out the, the 50 plus in the 21K. Um, but I'll go through the kind of the ultra results. So if we go to the 50K, so this course courses um as far as i know this was exactly the same as previous years this course they didn't have to change it with the the course changes it's a it's yep. a fast course as far as trail trail 50 goes there's still some technical bits and a few hills but it's a quick course so and again you look at the times and i think they're both course records and in the ladies kate avery was third in three hours 54 so if you look at that and go third place females running 354 on a trail 50k that's they're absolutely flying Caitlin Fielder from New Zealand. She was second in 3.46.59. Um, and Ailey McLaughlin from the US, 3.43. That is absolutely flying. Trail 50K, first two were under 3.50. Um, yep. And then in the males, Charles Hamilton was third in 3.40.47. He was just behind uh, Peter Babis from Poland. He was top three at uh, UTA, I think, as well. Yep. Um, he ran 3.40.02. And then David Hornschmidt from New Zealand, he ran 3.33.03, which for a trail 50K oh, course is absolutely <laughs> flying. Like that, the 50K still got like 15, 1600 meters of elevation in the 50K, so it's not flat. Yeah. That's That just goes to show like it's a good quality trail. Yes, there's hills, but you can definitely run fast on it. So for David to go and run 3.33 um, and Ali to run... 343 like it's just ridiculous so mm. that's some incredible and results in the 50k the numbers that are next to these people here this the bib numbers are they seeded like peter babbis has got three next to his charles hamilton two and david um hornschmidt who wins it he's got 49 so would you imagine that they're seeded numbers so he's he's an outsider yeah, that's taken so. that out yeah so that's, um, a and that's, that's across all all the races um not just the 50k as well so they're bib numbers. So Hayden Hawks had number one. Um, right. And then Peter had, um, sorry, Charles had two, Peter had three. So that's out okay. of all the distances, not just the 50K. Oh, I see. Uh, yep. But still, yep. that shows that second and third bib number in the whole race was still 
didn't get the win. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so then we'll go on to the, the 102K. And this is kind of the, well, the 100 mile is starting to build up. They're always getting one or two good names from the elite field, but the 102K was always kind of the big race at Tarawera and has been from the from the very start. So there was some really, really exciting racing. So probably the male, obviously, between the first two, which I'll get into, but the female race, and I don't know if you've seen it, Tom, but there was footage mm, running yeah. through the Redwoods with about six, just 6.2 or 6.6.5 Ks to go. It would have been just before the checkpoint. Um, and the first two females are literally about two metres apart, just sprinting through the oh, Redwoods. Really? Like it was a race to the finish yeah. between um, Nancy Zhang from New Zealand and Stephanie Austin from Australia. So those two were literally stride for stride with about six and a half K to go in this 102 K race. Wow. Um, and then Aroa CEO from Spain, she was third, she's only a couple of minutes behind them. So they were all really close towards the end. Um, and yeah, they ran 926, 927 and 930. So to have, you know, racing like that at the end of a hundred K is pretty amazing. And it's a tricky one in that that last five or six Ks is really flat at Tarawira. Like it's pretty much dead flat. Um, yep. So it would have just been, a, you know, like a park run race to the finish at the end of it. <laughs> It'd be more interesting, I think, if there was a big hill and a big descent to finish, but it was just a dead flat, you know, five or six yep. to get to the finish. So good racing there. And then the male race, this was an interesting one because um, mm. Hayden Hawks and Daniel Jones, they've been training together for probably the last three or four weeks and just putting in some massive weeks. Like I know Daniel's been running 200 plus kilometer weeks for the last probably like six weeks consistently with some massive long runs. And obviously Hayden's coming off uh, winning the Ultra Trail Kosciuszko and then headed over to New Zealand to continue training from that. Um, But he would have been by far the favourite for this race. Um, There was also Ryan Montgomery from the US who'd come over as well. But there was a group of about seven or eight of them for the first probably 20, 30 Ks that were together. And then slowly everyone started to to fall off. So Ryan Montgomery ended up getting third in 8.11. And then towards the end... Daniel and Hayden were still together at maybe around 65, 70K. And then Daniel just pulled away from him. And you could see in the footage, he was just flying, which was impressive to see. He's got a really nice running style, Dan. He just, he looks like a, a, you know, he's just comfortable. He's similar to when you watch Jim Momsley and those guys run. They just look like they're flying even when they're not, even when they're tired, they look like they're moving really fast. Um, So that was good to watch. And it was interesting even watching him. He changed into a pair of super shoes at around the 40, oh. 50k, so he had the uh, six link Metaspeed skies on for the last 50k. So that goes to show how good that course is, as far as underfoot yeah. and the trails that he's in road shoes for the last part of that. Um, so, so Hayden got second, the, yeah, yeah. They're, they're two minutes apart at um, the 71 kilometer checkpoint, so they yeah. were together at 62, two minutes apart at 71, uh, 73. So that's kind of where it's he's pulled away a little bit, but then yeah, in the next. You know, what is that, and 25 kilometres? 80, 86K, which is the Blue Lake Aid Station, I think it was still only about five minutes at yeah, that point. So I think it's really just that last kind of 15, 16K that Daniel's yeah, kind you're of right. put another 10 minutes onto him in that yep. last 16K. So he was obviously just flying. And I looked at his yeah. Strava afterwards, and I think he was running about 345s, 350s for that last five or 6K <laughs> after that last checkpoint. So anyone who's running 345s at the 100K point into a 102K race on the trail. He said Daniel Daniel's a marathon runner as well. Good. He's got some good marathon times there, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's got some good trail times. Like he's he's yeah. won Kepler like four or five times the last in the last four or five years. He went yeah. over and did the, I think it was the Canyons 100K, which is a Western States golden ticket race in the US last year. And he might have come towards the back end of the top 10. So he raced some of the really, like the top American guys in a really hilly trail 100K. Um, mm. 
and kind of just fairly went out hard and kind of fell off a little bit. But this will obviously put his name on the map. So, you know, he'll be, I think he's aiming for Western States this year, as far as I know. Well, I read a um, I read a newspaper article about it from a, from a New Zealand journalist, and actually said it was a golden ticket race. For yeah, Western States. So I think, so yeah, he's, so, so he's got a ticket for it. He's got his ticket Brilliant. now. Um, but yeah, Hayden Hawks ended up second in seven forty two, and I saw him post afterwards as well. He was really happy with that. I think he was, mm. you know, executed. He, re- he ran the time he wanted to run and executed everything quite well. Just Dan was just too good on the day, and Dan ended up running seven hours twenty seven. So. 727 for 102 k's on the trails absolutely flying like that's just like we're talking about it on our our long run it's just it's it's no time at all like i mean you know most of us you get into like a hilly 50k and you barely get that done in that time for most people so for him to tick off 100 k's you know seven hours 27 you're starting in the morning it's only just after lunch like it's still early afternoon you got hours of sunlight left Still got to carry a headlamp though if it's on the no, mandatory well, gear. Even if you know you're finishing just after lunch, you still. I don't know if it is. I don't even think you do for Tarawera. I'm trying to think if I. Oh no, right. <laughs> they don't really have any mandatory gear on. Like if the weather's good, I think it's just like yeah. carry a make sure you get enough water. I think it's normally a pretty good yeah. gear list actually. But then the that's the hundred and two miler. The hundred miler, yeah. and the, again, like we said, the course change for this, which meant they had to do a kind of a loop, nearly three full loops of this mm. about forty or fifty k. Um, trail so that would have mentally been quite tough but they also got to see their crew a little bit more and mm. they would have passed a lot of runners a lot more regularly so they probably would have suited some of them and others probably would have got a little bit annoying but yeah interesting to see how they all, they all found it but well done to everyone that everyone that got that one done because it's a tough one but if we look at the the female results katie wright was third in 18 hours 19 minutes uh kamino miyazaki she was second yeah. in 17.54, and Lucy Bartholomew from Australia, she took the win yeah. in 17.13. So great run from Lucy because I know she's coming mm. off. She just did an Ironman the last couple of months, um, just been training back here in Australia, and she'd just been over in America. I think was she in America the last few weeks. It looked like it was freezing cold and then came to Tarawera and ran in the, the heat compared to that. So yeah. well to Lucy, that's you know a big win for her probably the biggest win she's had in the last couple of years since kind of that Western States a few years ago. Well, I was, I was going to say that she obviously burst onto the scene with incredible results. Western States been amongst them, but also UTA and I think Cape Town Ultra as well. Um, she took that one out. And then she kind of drifted away a little bit, didn't it? And a lot of people got concerned that maybe she'd fallen out of the sport. Um, but someone who breaks into the ultra scene at such a young age, we've spoken about this before in the past about the longevity of ultra running. For some people, it's not very long to be at the top. So... It's great to see that she's still in the sport and, you know, she might have just needed a few years to explore other things like triathlon and try a few other sports, but obviously she's remarkably fit still. Um, and I think she's she's so well liked on the ultra running scene in Australia that to have her back, you know, at the top end, um, winning races is just is just wonderful. So well done, Lucy and, and her crew. And yeah. the, the men's race, Kyle, the which men's race. good names and some local names. This is what I'm really excited about yeah, because I know. we've got a local runner who's cracked the top three to We're kind of following this. So Nick Bamford, um, and it's been good following his training and things. He's been training really well and obviously was well well ready for this race and be targeting it for a little while. Um, he took yeah. out third. So cracking run from Nick to, to do that. He ran 15.32. So, again, sub-16 hours for a trail 100 mile is absolutely flying. So that's a, that's a cracking yeah. run from Nick. Um, to pick up third place. And again, massive race. Like podium at Tarawera yeah. is huge. It's not not easy to do. That's 
probably one of the toughest podiums to make as far as trail running in, in Australasia. So huge yeah. result, huge result for Nick. Um, Hajimi Mamba from Japan, 15.11, which again, great time. Again, anything sub-16 is, is flying. Um, and then Zach Miller, who a lot of people will know, quite famous American trail runner. He's been around for a number of years. Um, he ran 14.41 and was on track to run, I reckon, an hour faster than this until the last probably quarter of the race and kind of slowed quite a yeah. bit. And I saw some footage of him um, leaving the Redwoods aid station and he was not looking great. He was absolutely <laughs> shuffling at best. I reckon he would have been running yeah. about eight minute pace. He was still trying to run, but he looked very sore. So I think he had a bit of a tough finish, but to still to run 14.41 on that course, um, yeah, you know, reasonably hilly course and probably warmer than he's used to, but 14.41, he held on quite comfortably, obviously had a pretty substantial lead but i still reckon he would have had doubts in his head with about 10k to go when he was looking like he was really struggling that someone was going to come flying past him but as we know with zach he, he runs hard as he can all the oh. way to the finish line and you know it was no different yeah. no different in this race and yeah 1441 took out the took out the win yeah one of the best mustaches in trail running and also probably one of the hardest runners just looks like he's pushing every single kilometer of a race so uh, that's wonderful. And as we said, Nick Bamford, that's, you know, watched him over the last couple of years and we've had a chance to chat to him a few times and that's a wonderful result to 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 podium. And I know podiums for ultras are often top five, but to podium in the traditional sense in the top three is just outstanding. Yeah, and incredible. do you know, Kyle, would, would that give him um, ticket or entry to, to any of the big races overseas? Would that be, get him into UTMB or not? Do you need to go? I don't know. I, I don't I have never haven't actually gone back and looked into how this whole running stones and everything works with UTMB and whether it's a guaranteed ticket mm. if you podium. But this is a pretty big race on their tour as far as like the continental tour. So I, I would yeah. have to assume that, you know, if you're podium in these races, that's one, it should get him enough kind of ITRA points that he should get in regardless anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's an automatic ticket or not. That's probably something probably people listening that know that answer. But you would have to assume that that would go a long way to getting you into kind of any yeah. of their other big big races. So I don't know if that's maybe Nick. maybe it's the continental ones that they have the Asian continental one, which mm. I think is in in Hong Kong or somewhere in Southeast Asia. That that's the automatics. But yeah, yeah but hopefully this gets him. So yeah, so that's that's a, that's a wonderful f- performance from him. So. Yeah, any, uh, what was your big, well, actually, here's the question for you. So Daniel Jones's time there, Kyle. So 7.23, it's actually been given as a, as a course record. And this is the question I asked you before. We know Wormsley's gone about 7.24 or 7.23. So Daniel Jones has gone 7.27. What do you think of that then? They're all saying it's a course Arts. record. It, it's not a course record. Well, it's it's this course's course record, which will probably never get run again. So he can hang on to that for a yep. while. But you can't compare. Like this is the hard thing is when it comes to like course records is you know, if you put them all on the start line, would it, who who would come out on top? Well, that might be a different a different answer. But it's hard yeah. to compare. I think it's a completely different course. Um, Jim ran solo the whole way. Daniel got to run with Hayden for pretty much the whole race as well. So again, different race, different year. Yeah, it, it's it. Technically, it is a course record, as is Jim's, and they're different courses, so you can't compare. But 727, 724, like they're equally just as impressive. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing to take away from Dan. That's a that's a cracking run. Anyone that can finish the race running that fast, it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, so uh, that's pretty much Tarawera. We've we've got a bit of a discussion point here, Kyle, about uh, aid stations. We've had a uh, an unknown source just message us and say, what is it with people being so transfixed and focused on the foods and the supplements that are provided at aid stations? Um, what's your take? What's your take on this, Kyle? What's what's? Well, here's the question: Should should ultra runners be that fascinated and that concerned with what's supplied in in aid stations, checkpoints, or should you just carry what you need to, or even just have have crew member who need what you need to, and then rely on nothing? Where, where do you stand on this? 100% carry what you need. I actually, when I, I was laughing when we, we saw this comment, and I, I was thinking back to it, and I don't know if I've ever grabbed anything from an aid station. I think I might have filled up like half a flask of Coke at yep. UTA one year in the 50 at that 28K checkpoint. I think other than that, I don't reckon I've ever grabbed anything from the the supplies at a checkpoint. I've had everything yeah. on myself. Like I've just gone straight to my crew and they've had everything that I need. And if I'm doing a race, if not, I'd carried most things, but maybe I've just done races where I've been able to kind of be self-sufficient and my crew has been able to get to enough spots that I haven't needed the checkpoint. But yeah, outside of water, I don't think I've, I've needed everything, but there was yeah. oh, a lot of people whinging about the flavors of things and not enough flavors of this and that. <laughs> oh, come on people. Yeah. Just carry your own stuff. It's, it's not hard. It is. It is. It is quite funny. Isn't it? It's yeah to to see that because you know I, th- I think someone put in our chat group. It, it shows that it's someone's first ultra. And I guess if when people do their first ultra, they've got so many unknowns going through their head that it's probably right that they're thinking. You know, is there going to be enough stuff there for me? I'm, I might be a mid packer or a backpacker, and Whoa. you know, are they going to run out of watermelon and stuff like that? But um, yeah, it's it's got to the case now where it just seems to be more common for people to be concerned with the flavors of drink or the types of lollies or oh and with all the dietary requirements i mean i shouldn't whinge but uh i wonder if soon they're going to have people asking is the gluten-free section is there a pescatarian section i'm sure they will i'm sure they will you know the way it is yeah i can have honey i can have honey but i can't have milk well where's Um, this honey come from where did you and they'll be oh anyway they'll have to have an expert (laughs) at each aid station to answer all the food questions a chef or something yeah i only love when it comes to relying on it i'll never forget tarawira like must have been maybe 2019 and I traveled over there with Ando and it was just the two of us went on this trip together and we got to the race and checked in and Ando's like, where are all the gels? Like he had in his head that he was just going to go to the expo and they were just going to be giving out free gels and he was just going <laughs> to grab them all. He took no race nutrition yeah. with him. So we got to the expo. I was like, did you bring anything? And he's like, no, he didn't bring a thing. And there was like no <laughs> gels at the expo at all. So we spent the afternoon yeah. before the race trying to find every store that we could find so he could go and, you know, Put together a couple of gels for this race because he just assumed that the expo and the checkpoints were going to have all these gels for him so yep. he did get some gels in the end but don't yep. rely on that that was a lesson we learned that day or ando learned yeah. don't rely on the race for for your nutrition take your own yep. stuff put more thought into your training rather than what the aid station is going to be providing That's you right. uh along the way but yeah as i said there might be an organic section to the aid stations in in future Cole. For those who, you know, want their food organic, their brownies, beautifully made. I don't think that's um, going to happen in ultra running, Tom. Just knowing the types of foods that get put at those aid stations, <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, you don't really care, do you? When it gets laid on, you're just like, just give me whatever's there. I that's right. I'll take absolutely anything. All right. Um, so let's go from Tarawera, which is obviously the the big one of the weekend, to a uh, first up brand new run, the, the GC Suns fun run um i did watch a documentary over the weekend uh kyle i think i can't remember what the documentary was 
focused on something to do with athletics and running. And they said that's got to be one of the biggest marketing gimmicks the world has ever had when they called a running race a fun run. They reckon it's one of the biggest propaganda marketing gimmicks. And I'd, I'd pretty go with them on that. Um, fun run, the GC Suns fun run. So if you got some results there, there was a, uh, yeah. there was a, a 10 and a 5, wasn't there? A couple a of laps. Looked, looked a very winding course. Not good for uh, super speed runners. Didn't, yeah, it didn't look fast. It looked very windy. Um, yeah. And I knew it was, it was reasonably warm that afternoon. I think we got a bit of rain that day around lunchtime, which cooled it off a touch, but it was still very warm that afternoon. So not perfect conditions for running in. Um, but, mm. yeah, the 5K and there was the, the 10K as well. So 5K will go through. Third place was Ricky Asdale in 1951. Tams and Pascoe was second in 1937. And then Matty O'Donnell took the win in 1907. Um, so good running by the ladies there. Uh, Luke Gorski was third in the 5K in 1702. Desi Cutter, he was 1643. And I, I did you see what singlet he was in? Tom, oh, I have a oh. feeling he actually wore a North singlet for this one, but I would have to go back and. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, I, I think he. I think he was in a North singlet, so he must have listened to the okay. podcast where we bagged him out for not wearing, for not wearing the North singlet and <laughs> going, going with Fair the singlet. But I think he actually wore the the North singlet. I was just trying to find a photo here to see if he, he posted anything. But anyway, I'm pretty sure we'll give him the credit. He, he definitely will go with the North singlet for. How many clubs can you be part of? I don't know, but look, we'll, we'll claim him for that one anyway. We'll claim him for that Two one. Two acceptable, three not. I'm sure Paul Tierney's been more than been part of three or four clubs <laughs> at one stage. <laughs> um, and then Timothy Ogno, he took the win in 1543. So, um, yeah, yep. Tim, that's a cracking run. So on that course, 1543 in the heat, that's, that's an absolutely great run. So well done there. And then in the 10K, again, Two laps of the 5K course. That so was a looped course, yep. um, which does make it a little bit tougher, but that's okay. Um, Ki Wang, she was 40-48. Great run. She's been around on the Gold Coast for a long time. A run down mm. under. Very high on the leaderboard, I believe, if you look at the, the yep. leaderboard and the overall leaderboard. Um, second place was Selwyn Russell in 40-12. And then Shiloh Watts took out the win in 39-55. So just dipped under the 40 minutes, which is a great run. It's a nice little barrier to, to break. Um, and then in the males, Matt McKenzie took out third in 34.45. Rob Clark, he ran 33.58. And Lloyd Harriet, representing Gold Coast Run Co., he took out the win in 33.42. So how good's that from Lloyd? Yeah. It's a cracking run. He did very well. performance. Together through at 5K, I think uh, Lloyd yeah, and Rob. 16.26, so, they were together, yep. so a good little battle there. Um, and it looks like Lloyd just held on a little bit better in the, the back half of that and took out the, the win by 16 seconds. Yeah, well, that's comfortable enough over 10K, I think, 16 seconds. That's that's daylight, isn't it, really? Well, it looked like gap. a windy course. I don't know if Rob would have even been able to see him. It would have been winding left, <laughs> right and centre. So, yeah, good racing there. Good to see a new, a new race on the cards. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's move on from that one. Where are we going to next? We're going, going to, to Bunyaville. SEQ. Bunyaville. SEQ. Have you done Bunyaville, so, Tom? Have you raced up there before? No, I haven't. Um, it is Brisbane Way, isn't it? So It is. It's pretty, you know, no story about Brisbane. Bunyaville, Tom. Driving, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, done yeah, it yeah. once. I did the short course, and driving home yeah. was the only time I've ever got a speeding ticket in my life was leaving this race. <laughs> I did 68 in a 60 zone and got a ticket. Fair one speeding to, ticket. So I've got a, this. I've got a gripe <laughs> with this race. I'm, I'm not. I'm never doing it again. That's why I didn't go up. Yep. Don't want another speeding yep. ticket. 
Bunyaville. Anyway, that's a, that's a sidetrack from that. It's a good course. I, it's a I, fast I, course. Reminds me of a story. I do know someone who didn't race. <laughs> do you, is, this, is, is this true? Did you, have you heard this one? It didn't didn't race in the final race of a series, a trail running series, but was the lead was the winner. So went up to collect their prize for winning two hundred, three hundred dollar gift card or whatever. Got a speeding ticket on the way home for like four hundred dollars. <laughs> was minus a hundred dollars for the outing. So, um, oh, well, lesson yes, to be learned: just don't speed. <laughs> don't speed. SEQ so, series. Gold Coast runners should not be driving up to these <laughs> Brisbane races. Lesson learned. No. No. Um, so, no, Bunyaville, I haven't, uh, probably because it's February and it's far too far too hot to be racing, but that's probably why. But going into the race, these were the leaders. So the long course, uh, Sandra Doyle, 52 points, and Andrew Edwards, 52 points. Uh, short course, Nick Mooney, 52 points, but well, that seems to be the number to be leading. But short course, Jodie Cumner going into this race was 76 points so she had this her series pretty much sewn up before this race um but there's a in the other races because uh, this is now race number five but in the other races there's a few people who are sort of in second and third who, who who podiumed or did very very well in this one so i don't think the long course series is completely done and dusted and i don't think the short course bends is but it looks like jody's got the the short course female so um Let's go through them. The short course female, third place, Melissa Hawkins, 44.02. Second place, Katie Furness, 41.56. And Jodie Cumner takes another 20 points there, 41.37. So you take five points. Sorry, you take five races to put towards your points. She's got another 20 there. So that means Jodie's going to be on 96 points. So it pretty much uh, is unassailable there for Jodie. That's that's a great result. And I think that place to fourth overall or fifth overall um in the men's nick mooney 39 24 he was third so he was the leader going into this race has got third so that's excellent for him fred boyne in 39 08 was second billy curtis kyle there's a name we've mentioned him in the past so he's one that that certainly yeah he could certainly catch nick in the overall points 33.56, but interestingly was a minute away from the record so it's a fair way away from the record I think that was set last year. So, um, yeah, Billy, we've mentioned him on, on the podcast a few times recently. He is certainly a name to watch in the future. Um, and then in the long course, in the females, Katie McLean, 123. Ella Heinegger, 121. Chana Marsh in 118. And in the males, Anthony Cook, 111.32. Sorry, Anthony Gordon, 111.32. Oliver Cook, 111.20. And Blaine Burke in 108.36. So, again, here... Andrew Edwards is the court, is the leader. None of those, he didn't podium, but Blaine Burke hasn't done as many races. So I think he's in second or third. He might even be first now after five races. Um, I did try and click on the, the, the club championship to see the club update, but I think they've got their files wrong because um, it doesn't show the club, it just shows the individual again. So I'm not too sure who's leading the club situation. So we've got Hens Dam coming up next, Ewan Maddock, and then... Daisy Hill. So yeah, it's it's come around quick again. We've had the little break over the summer, and now we're back into these ones. Uh, tough to get tickets for these. It used, used to be the case yeah. where you could sort of just decide a week out, but these these races sell out a long time in the future. Um, I'll try and jump on and maybe get a Hens Dam. I do like Hens Dam. Tough course, tough, yeah. tough climb, fast across the wall. Yep. Slow on the single trail, fast across the wall, and then back down the and hill. And I've heard so. someone was telling me that the course is different this year. They're starting. Apparently, there's going to be more on the wall. I don't know oh, if that's true that's or not. Right. Yes. Something changed. I haven't actually 
this is just secondhand from someone else, but I, is the course changing this year? I think you're right. I, I haven't looked at this, but I remember last year someone saying that they're now going to start in the car park, I think, and mm. that you're just going to run straight across the wall from that car park yeah. that's up there. Um, obviously, that the section where you sort of go onto the stairs and then up the stairs onto the wall may be a little bit tricky and too dangerous. Yeah. So uh, you'd imagine that's going to be a faster course. So look out, course record holders. You, uh, you might lose your crowns on that one. So there's Bunyaville. Three races to go. Jody Cummins has got it sewn up, but the other three are certainly certainly up for grabs. And let's move now, Kyle, over to one of the strangest races of the uh, of the year. And it's got even stranger since they've moved it from Kabulcha out to Tagulawa. It's the 30th anniversary of the Dusk Till Dawn. As I said in the last podcast, there can't be many races. Maybe Glasshouse, um, Glasshouse 100, that is as old as this. But 30 years of Dusk Till Dawn... Um, and they've moved it out to Tagulawa, which is now a kilometre course, I think, out and back, pretty much along a fence line. So nothing glamorous, nothing awesome about this race, but purely just out there for either time. they got many, many distances. They've got 50k, they've got 6 hour, they've got 100k. I think there's a marathon. I think there's a 6 hour and a 12 hour and a, and a kid's 10 kilometre, which good friend of ours on the podcast. We bring it up every year. But Former victory. Former ben- winner of the race. Ben Deneen is probably one of the only people who's ever won the ki- the, uh, the kids' 10-kilometre race by a significant margin, was then uh, chastised for, for entering the race as an adult. But I think he still claimed the victory. So well done, Ben. Um, so a couple of lessons here. One, don't speed to SEQ races. And two, don't enter races that you're not allowed to enter, um, particularly when the entry is lower than yep. that. Kyle... I've got some results here. Have you got any there, or shall I, shall I just go through them all? I, I do have some, but yeah, you can do the first. What race do you want to go through? Well, I'm going to go... Um, I'll, do, I'll do the 12-hour female. So sure. the interesting one for this for me... Um, sorry, I'll just do the 12-hour overall. I didn't break yeah. them up into male or female. I just went overall. The top seven were over 100 kilometres, which that's good going it is good for going. this race. Normally, you sort of get the podiums are over the 100 and maybe fourth, but to have the top seven... Brilliant. So third place, Catherine Austin, 105 kilometres. Uh, second place, Adrian Polidano in 118. And Charlotte Roberts takes the win, 131 kilometres. So 13-kilometre victory there. You'd uh, That shows commitment, doesn't it? Because there's a temptation there just to pull it up. 13 kilometres, you could almost pull it up at the 11-hour mark and you've you've pretty much got the win. But, I wonder, uh, are you looking at this, Tom? just wondering, like, do they... Do they just kind of get to within, like they finish a lap and then just go, all right, there's not enough time to finish another lap. I'm just going to stop here because they've all finished exactly on a kilometre. Oh, is that right? Well, I'm looking at all the distances. They're all just 0.000. So I'm assuming they've just got to the end of a lap and then just they've said, well, you're not going to get through another one. That's your that's your distance. I'm assuming yeah. just looking at the results. Well, you'd be a brave person to head back out if there was anything under four minutes left, wouldn't you? It'd be a good challenge, um, though, especially if they weren't <laughs> going to give it to you if you didn't get back. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, of course, on on the um, the ones that are run around a track, I think they can they take it, don't they? Wherever yeah. you're standing, they can measure it. But these, maybe it's a tough one to measure. So maybe it's just whatever the last lap was that you cre- that you that you crossed. Um, six hours, Kyle. Big win there. So do you want to go through that those results? Yeah, um, massive results. So I'll just go through the the female males. So Susanna Harvey Jamison was third and fourth this year in forty five k's. Second place in the females was Rebecca Dalton, 54Ks, which was equal with Kerry Williamson. She also did 54Ks. So don't know if someone actually did a few more metres or whether they just finished that lap together, but we'll never know. 
we'll give them equal. Um, in the males, we had Andy Ritchie, he did 52 kilometres, Jason Richard, 59 kilometres, and Dan Simmons, who we've mentioned a few times on this podcast, yeah. 71 kilometres. So given it would have been pretty warm over the weekend, 71Ks for six hours is pretty good going. And I, it's it's up and back along a fence line, so I would imagine that's pretty um, pretty rough going, pretty yep. almost like sort of cross-country trail. So, um, yep. yeah, that's that's a wonderful result. Um, so, yeah, Dan Simmons we mentioned a fair few times on here. Of course, we mentioned him last time because he's the course record holder up at the BOR at night, so that's a big win for Dan by yep. 12 kilometres there. And then in 100 kilometres, the win was Sam Gardner, 949 regardless of the course, when you're breaking 10 hours for 100 kilometres, it's good going. In the 50 kilometres then, Tracy Thornhill, 4.42, John Pearson in 4.08. They were kind of the big ones that I took from that, Kyle. Is there anything else from that particular race? Yeah, no, I just noticed that, you know, if Ben Deneen had gone up, he only would have faced one other person in the 10K, Brett Clark. Um, So unlucky Benny. What a opportunity for a Brett ran an hour and three minutes, so... Oh, Benny's yeah. potentially missed out on another victory in the 10K, but that's okay. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Um, so that's SEQ. That's dust till dawn. So, Kyle, before we go to Summer Goats, let's just break it up a bit here. I've, I've found an interesting website the other day, which, you know, I've, I've seen a few different shoes that have been on, um, you know, with our running group on Tuesday and, and Friday for the tempo and the speed session. So there's a, there's, it used to just be all Nikes. And now, obviously, with the development of super shoes and things like that, there's some new brands coming in. Now, it, I found an interesting website that mentioned the 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 best shoes to look out for this year in terms of, you know, I guess, well, I guess they're racing shoes, but the, the sort of the super shoes. So we talked last week, didn't we, about the Sacconi Endorphin Elite, yeah. um, which is coming out. That was a one we said that they seem to have cut away a lot of the side panels off it. So that's going to be quite interesting. I want to know if you've heard of these shoes. Um, so the Hoka... Or Hocker Rocket X2. Have you heard anything about that? I have, but people haven't rated Hocker's carbon shoes. Yeah. I think there's a few people that seem to like them, but I know a lot of people that have tried all the different super shoes haven't overly loved it. I've never run in. Mm. I've actually never run in a pair of Hokers, believe it or not, in all the years of running and trail stuff. I've never actually put them on my feet um, yep. and even felt what they feel like. So I can't really comment about Hokers because never worn a yep. pair. The, uh, the website did talk about how they were very early to the game in terms of super shoes, but probably didn't, were probably too early almost. They just got swamped yeah. then by Nike and, and it kind of faded away. Um, the Sakoni Kinvara 14. Now, I know this isn't a super shoe, but this is this has been one of my favorite shoes. Um, I haven't had Sakoni Kinvaras for probably five or six years, but I think they're a fabulous sort of just, I guess, you know, that midweek long run that you're talking about, that 17, 18 kilometer. It'd be a, it's a great shoe to put on. For instance, an everyday shoe. Um, the Nike Vaporfly Next Percent 3. Do you have a month, Kyle, when that's coming out? What's, what have you uh, read? When's that? The word on the, the street is April. Ooh, April here or April, April America? Or all, all I'm together? going April here. April here. Wow. I would say probably earlier than that in other places. Have you heard anything about it? at all or have you read much about a, a few like the reviews are starting to kind of pop up a little bit with people kind of posting photos and things so they're definitely out and about a little bit which means they're yeah. probably not too far away from getting released not too much it, from what i've seen on the photos it looks looks like a slightly higher stack version of the twos and mm-hmm. 
I, I didn't love the twos. I liked the first version of the Next Percent. I wasn't a big fan of the second version. I've still worn them a little bit, but I don't wear them. I never got one pair of those and I probably only put, I don't know, 150Ks into them, 200Ks in the last year or two. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping it's a bit of an upgrade on the two and a little bit softer, but we will wait and find out. Because you wear the Next Percent in sessions, don't you? Is that right? Oh, not that. I Not very often. Maybe no. once every couple of weeks on maybe the shorter okay. sessions, I might. Yeah. Um, what yeah, are you wearing in those? Uh, probably more Alpha Flyers or okay. I did a few sessions in those Prime Xs, but probably Alpha Flyers for yep. most sessions. Um, it's interesting. I think Rob said to me the other day how much he prefers the Next Percent over the Alpha Flyers because I've only yeah. ever worn Alpha Flyers. And I've said for a size 13, there's a lot of shoe under the Alpha Fly yeah. and almost too much. And I'm so I'm... I probably won't splash out and get the next percent three, but I'll see if I can pick up a cheaper pair of the twos maybe as yeah. they sort of go out. Um, but I'm keen to try the Vaporfly and just see the I difference between them. Like again, you probably didn't wear them, Tom, but I found the the first version and the second version completely different. Like yeah. I remember the first time I put the first version on, I just went, these things are magic. Like this is cheating wearing mm. these shoes. And then I put the second pair on <laughs> and I was like, oh, these were way worse than probably what my old pair of yeah, the first uh, yeah. ones felt like. So I don't know if it's just the pair that I got or what it was, yeah. but yeah, I, yep. you know, substantially worse than the first version. And here's two I want to throw at you here because this, these are the two that I found interesting. Um, Adidas Prime X Strong. They said that the, there was no picture on this website and the website actually said that they can't actually talk about them because it's very hush-hush at the moment. So have you heard of this shoe, the Adidas well, Prime I, X Strong? Is this Strong or Strong? Because the Strongs are strung. already out. Yeah, well, Rob's got Strong 2. Rob's got, oh, Strong. He's got the first version. He's, he really likes it. Strong 2. Um, Sorry, I've, I couldn't. I, I couldn't imagine they would be strung or strong here, but yeah, strung, strung too. Um, yep. Well, I don't know. Rob's got the first version, and he really likes them, but I don't know how different they are from the ones I've got. So I don't know what oh. how much difference between the first and the second there is. But obviously, there's something, I, something different. Yeah. Because oh, I just um, well, I'm, I'm tempted just trying to see to... if I can find this website here. I'm going to read you here. It's it's believe in the run. Here we go. It says the shoe that will change everything. Um, stack very high release date late 2023 early 2024 price at least 300 US it says notable features we're dishing, we're dying to dish but we promised our German overlords because it's German shoe Adidas that we won't give any of the details of the Adidas Prime X Strung 2 but we'll say this what the Vaporfly did for race day the Prime X Strung 2 will do for training day that's all they'll say that's what the website says so it's that's interesting that's what Adidas says <laughs> I think that's how they all talk about their own shoes yeah. don't they Good we'll see. It is uh, good marketing, but we'll, we'll see. But there's no picture. They've sort of pixelated the picture there, so we can't see what it is. And here's the one I'm very interested in, Kyle. Mizuno, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro. Yeah. Uh, have you come across this? It's it's the it's kind of the re-entry of Mizuno into the the racing shoe market. Mizuno were a big favourite of lots of people a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago, and they've kind of gone out of fashion at all here's the interesting thing it says the bevel heel so the bevel heel is the kick at the back makes it legal even though it's really 50 millimeters they're saying that the stack height is 50 millimeters but the bevel heel at the back brings it in so my question is to you where do they measure this 40 so measure it at the from? middle of the so uh, they, they measure it for the legal purposes at the heel so it's a stack height at the heel so that's where wow. they measure from but then that that's the legal. So the only place they measure it from is the heel, because that's not generally the thickest part of the shoe. Whereas Mizuno have gone, all right, 
perfect. You guys can measure from the heel, and we'll stick more foam in the mid, the middle of the midsole, and they have, and they've yeah. got away with it because it's a legal shoe, and everyone seems to be loving it. So, so have you come across this shoe? Have you? Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I haven't worn it, but there's been people kind of wearing it for quite a while, and you know, they're fifty fifty. Are they going to wear the Alpha Fly or the or this one or the Wave Rebellion Pro um, for racing marathons? In they've been quite popular. Um, and everyone that I've heard that's worn it have said like it's probably equal best super shoe they've ever worn. So I don't know how much of that is marketing and they're getting free shoes versus if they're actually that good. But they came out maybe a couple of weeks ago. I remember we were sitting at Main Beach after a session the yeah. morning that they came out, all tempting just to buy them then and there on the spot. But I don't think any of us have actually got them, have bought them yet. Yeah. But um, they, I think they're still available. They're on they're live on Mizuno's website. They have been for a couple of weeks, but. There was a yep. lot of hype about it and a lot of really good reviews, which doesn't happen very often. So I don't know if that's just they put the shoes in the hands of the right people and said, can you tell us how good this shoe is or if they're actually yep. going to be the next best thing. So that's probably the shoe that will be the most interesting. Um, if I know anyone that's got it, I'm interested to hear what they actually think about it because they're talking I'm it up. At the pic- I'm looking at the picture over here. It's a, Again, it's a lot of shoe underneath. Like you, if you look at the shoe from side on, Half, at least half of the width of the shoe from top to bottom is is the is the you know the undersole. Um, it just looks remarkable. You look at that and think, how on earth can you walk in that, let alone run in it? So it's fascinating. Um, the reason that spiked my interest was reading about shoes because I saw um, Nick Bamford. He raced in a pair of Sacconi um, trail shoes that had a carbon plate in it mm-hmm. um, and was raving about them. So I started just to have a look a bit of a bit of a look around and think, right, what if I'm trying going to try a different shoe this year? What could I try and um yeah that was a good website that i came across so yeah if you haven't if you everyone if you haven't seen the mizuno wave rebellion pro just have a bit of a look at it and check out the heel at the back because it is well, truly the other remarkable that they've taken out as well is the which our listeners are probably going to be more interested in is nike's ultrafly is due out very soon i don't know it's been they've been showing photos of it for like i don't know nine months it's their trail version of the next percent. So it's the trail carbon plated oh. Zoom X foam shoe from Nike that's due out. It must be it must be nearly out in the US and coming out here very soon because a lot of the reviewers have had it for I reckon close to six months and I think it's due early early this year. So I'm assuming it'll be available very soon. So that's their their Ubute trail, which from when I, I saw an article from one of the, when they had the there's the big outdoor conference that's in the US that was on about a month ago. Um, yeah. Outdoor retailer where they do all of the, you know, their brands bring their new products for this year and they did all the new trail shoes that are coming out and this was their pick of the thing that they're most excited for this year. So I don't have a date. I don't know when it's coming out, but. So what, what is it? Zoom, it's Nike Zoom, Zoom X Ultrafly, is it? Yeah, that's it. Zoom X Ultrafly. I've got, so all probably, I can find is a rip. There's a Reddit thread here. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's I'll out see, anywhere, yeah. but apparently it's a very, very good shoe. So Yep. No, I can't see any dates for anything, but that's awesome. Hope to see them at Harbour Town on the back wall pretty soon for, <laughs> for cheap buyers. All right, Kyle, we're just over the hour, so we need to go through and wrap this up. So um, a little bit from Note from the Goat. So 10,322 loops have been done. We're well past the 10,000. We're now pushing to 20. Um, fastest times from last week that I sort of came across was Matt Burt, around 31.35, which is very impressive. Dana Maher, 48.33. Local legend, here's something which we've never reported before, Kyle. Scott George, 100 loops in 90 days. How good is that? It was 
he was 99 yesterday, and I just refreshed before we um, before we recorded tonight. This is Monday the 13th. Um, let's just click on it. Yep, it's still Scott George, 100 loops, local legend. That's that on Scott. Inc- incredible. That so he's run stupid. He's, <laughs> he's run 688 kilometers on the goat loop in the last three months and a, and a week. Um, so other people on the local legend, Ben Deneen, 71. I mean, that's that's normally good enough to be on the top, but not anymore. Craig Stevens, 59. Uh, Tom Moore, 38. And myself, 36. But of course, these are only people that are, I'm following, so there could be lots of other people in there that um, I don't have. Uh, so yeah, there we go, Kyle. Um, apart from that, we've just got to draw summer goats. Here we yep. go. So... So Dana Marsh, won the females, and Jack Gill won the, the males. So well done to those two. We went through that last time. So, Kyle, we said in September that um, Simon and Brett from Run Queensland have put up a free entry to the Yandina 5.0, choice of uh, distance that you want. Uh, we haven't spoken to Simon in the last couple of days because we thought we'd, we'd let him rest after his outstanding performance at Tarawera in his 100 well, mile. Simon. He will be hopefully resting up. Um, uh, so we'll get in touch with him soon about the eventual winner of this. But we've gone through and collated the people who ran all five races. Um, and I'm going to ask Kyle here for a number between uh, between 1 and 32. And he's going to tell me who that is. And I'm going to look down my list. I haven't, I haven't well, ranked I don't know them, so this list li- anyway. So yeah. just so people know. I, it's not, it's not like... List. Yeah, it's not like Dana's number one and Jack's number two or vice versa. It's It's literally, I've just gone through everyone who's done it. I've just randomized the number. So it might take me okay. a 10 seconds okay. or so to find this person. Okay. Uh, so we now, say one and, yeah. Between one and 32. Before Kyle says that, if you've already entered Yendina, then um, we'll get in touch with, with yep. Simon for you and see what we can work out. I think, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. He said he would refund the, the cost of the ticket. I but think he That did. could be completely wrong. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. So, Kyle, hit me with it. What do you got? What number are we going to go for? Go 1 to 32, through. Summer Goats, 2022-23 series. Our big grand prize winner. I'm going to go number 11. Number 11. Wow. Who have I gone? Who have I gone? Great choice. Great, great choice. Um, it was a pretty. Well, it was an even split between male and females here. Um, it's fallen on the male side. Um, it's fallen at a local legend. It's fallen at a big, big crowd favourite. People love bumping into this man, no matter where they see him, whether he's at the markets, whether he's in Coles at Labrador, whether he's out setting um, Glasshouse hundred kilometre race record records. Kyle, you have chosen number 11, which was the legend of Sean Lyons. Sean Lyons <laughs> is our Summer Goats winner for 2022-23. So congratulations, Sean. We will get in touch with you um, and we'll, we'll make you in contact with, with Simon and you can sort out uh, that event for us. But yeah, the Andina 5, oh, I'd like to see him enter the 50. Kyle, I think well, Sean I think doesn't. He has to Sean now. doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't enter shorter than no. shorter than fifty. Longest option yeah, available. He probably might do it twice. He might turn it into one hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, big thank you to to Simon and Brett from Run Queensland yeah. for supporting for that, um, for giving us a few prizes to give away, and obviously that prize there for Sean. So yeah, 
Awesome, Kyle. Well, that's that's an hour and seven. So what do we got on for the next fortnight? We are, uh, did we say Daisy? No, Daisy. Hinsdam. Hinsdam's this weekend. Hinsdam. What else yep. is on? I don't think there's too much else on. There's probably something major on that we're forgetting about. Oh, World Cross Country's on this weekend, Tom. This Saturday. Wow. Is it live? YouTube? Yeah, I think it'll be, I don't know who's streaming it. I don't know if it's picked up on TV or not, but um, that's over this weekend. So anyone that wants to watch the fastest cross-country runners in the world, they will be in Australia this weekend. So that's exciting. You know the one I want to, you know the one I want to watch? I want to watch that golden ticket race. Yeah, I Friday think morning. I think best. it's Friday, <laughs> Friday morning and then Saturday <laughs> afternoons, the, the open the world championships. Because yeah. so, yeah. that's the guy or girl, that's the guy or girl I'm going for. Whoever gets the ticket, I want to see them back up 24 hours later. <laughs> I'll be right. You know how I would run that? If, if that was me, Kyle, I'd take the golden ticket and then I'd think, you know what? I'm just going to leg the first kilometre of this <laughs> this world cross race. Just be out in front like those legends at um, City to Surf who dress up in the Batman outfits. And just get out in front and think, you know what? Even if a DNF, who cares? Just get on camera <laughs> on the world time. stage. And, yeah, and say that you've you've led the, the world championships. Um, who was the, the young lady who was racing from the Gold Coast? Was it Aspen? Yeah, Aspen Anderson. Yeah, Aspen Anderson. So we'll we'll watch to see how she goes uh, with some interest from a local point of view. But yeah, that's about it, Kyle. Um, long runs for you? Just a normal a normal fortnight? Yeah, I don't think so. Nothing majorly is on the plan. I think we're planning to go back and do our little hilly tempo loop this Friday. I think that may yep. be on the cards. So um, yeah, hopefully it's it's a good week. And yeah, a couple more long runs. I'm not doing anything too too crazy yet because I got no races coming up, but. It's just two more consistent weeks, hopefully, for me. What about you? Anything exciting on the cards? No, 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 no. I'll, um, I'm going to try and get a few more uh, road long runs in. Um, I did notice the difference on the week. I did an hour 45 on hour 50 on Sunday. Uh, I noticed the difference between two and a half hours of run walk in Narang and an hour and 50 continuous running on the road. It's, it is different. Um, so I want to do a lot more continuous long run. Is, it, is this a lead up to the marathon, Tom? Is this, is this official now? Are you, are you, when are we starting your lead up series? Um, as soon as I buy a new pair of super shoes, let's go with that. <laughs> when the new pair of super shoes, but no, I'm, I'm gearing towards that. The excitement's definitely building, which, like which I'm, I'm, I'm happy about. So, um, yeah, well, that's pretty much it for me. Um, a couple of sessions tomorrow morning. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow morning, but. Good according to the uh, what, no, according to the heaps good runners Instagram eight by, page, okay. it's eight by one, <laughs> eight by one kilometers. No, we're not doing eight by um, one kilometer just because that's on there. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. No, that's everything. That's everything. All right, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll uh, we'll chat to you guys in a in a fortnight. See you later. Yeah.